Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Come on. Yeah. Hey, I want to welcome everybody joining us today at all of our Christ Fellowship locations. So good to have you with us today. Everybody joining us online. And would you all help me welcome the men and women of the United States Armed Forces joining with us from around the world today. We love you. God bless you. Hey, for all the guys in the house, make sure you get your diesel tickets today. If you have not, we're just like less than two weeks away. We've already sold out here at Gardens, but we're going to be live up at Port St. Lucie on Friday night. February 15th. So if you haven't got a ticket, jump on to 441441. You can text the word info, grab a ticket, join me and Jensen Franklin live up at PSL. We always say a church alive is worth the drive anyway. So I'll see you up at PSL. Hey, we are wrapping up a, a series that we've been in called Formed. And Formed is all about you and me being shaped more and more into the image and the reflection of Jesus Christ. And our key verse for this series is Romans 8, 29. Let me read this to us again. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. Once you said that last part with me out loud, we see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. What he means is when we look to Jesus, we see what our life is supposed to look like. And this process of becoming more and more like Jesus isn't just something that you tack on to your Christian faith when it's convenient or when you get around to it. It's actually the very essence and core heart of what our Christian faith is supposed to be, that we, we, we follow Jesus so that we can be more like Jesus. This isn't a religion of information it's about transformation. It's about Jesus and the Spirit of God getting on the inside of us and, and changing us. Now, one of the word pictures that God gives us in the Bible is him being the potter and us being, being the clay. That, that this is, this is a, a way he shapes and forms our lives. And I've got uh, Graham here with us today. Graham is our uh, resident potter. At least for today, he's our resident potter, right? And he's gonna, he's gonna make something fantastic for us to see here, I'm sure, right? But, but just as Graham takes this clay, and can you see a close-up there of the way he's shaping that clay and molding it into whatever he wants it to be, so God wants to take your life and shape it and mold it, if you allow him, into something that is way beyond anything you could imagine. In fact, the Bible says that no eye has seen and no ear has heard and your mind can't even imagine what God has in store for you, right? But you gotta stay under the hand of God. Now, last week, um, Julie introduced us uh, to, uh, to Lumpy here. And you remember she said that uh, Lumpy was put in her hands. It was the same lump of clay that was in her hands. It was put in her instructor's hands. And, and, uh, and, and I actually gave Lumpy a little face, facelift. We'll give him a facelift there. And, uh, and, and, and she said, imagine for a moment that this lump of clay had some ambition and, and saw all the other beautiful vases and, and jars in the shop and said, I want to be made into that. But instead of being put in the instructor's hands, it was put into Julie's hands. So although her project was a little bit better than my ashtray, it wasn't much better. You know what I'm saying? 
Now, as crazy as it is to think that this lump of clay has ambition or desires to be something remarkable, it's just as crazy to think that your life is gonna turn out remarkable if it's put in the wrong hands. Has to get into the hands of God. And it has to stay under the hand of God. If Graham removes his hands from this clay, it begins to shift around and get wobbly. And it gets out of control, as it is in our lives. If we remove ourselves from under the hand of God and, and think we know better ourselves, our life begins to shake and wobble and move around. And some of you all are right there right now. Things in your life seem out of control, disjointed, all over the place. I would tell you today, get back under the hand of God. Let God's hand and what he wants to do to shape you and make you work. Now, some of you are on the wheel. You're on this wheel, but, but uh, God's shaping you, but there's outside forces that work its way in and try to mess things up in your life. And all of a sudden, you're letting the pressures and the influences of the world mess up what God's trying to do in your life. You've got to watch out for those influences or you'll end up looking like, like this vase right here. This is what I tried to make that. This, look at that. You don't want to look like this. God's got more in store for you. To quote Julie from last week, don't be an ashtray. In fact, turn to the person next to you and tell them, don't be an ashtray. Be careful how you say that. <laughs> Do y'all remember um, many years ago, the, the WWJD bracelets that people had? Do you remember that? Um, how many of them had that? I, many of you, Stuart, I know all of you in Martin County, they passed them out. Uh, but what did that stand for? What would Jesus do? And it was a question that was supposed to help you when you were facing a situation to go, well, what would Jesus do in this situation? How would Jesus handle this situation? But this week I'm gonna make it a little more personal, a little more specific to you. W-W-J-D-I-H-W-Y. It's not quite as catchy, is it? But what that stands for is what would Jesus do if he were you? In your life, what would Jesus do? And what would he do, how, how would, in your relationships, what would he do? In your home, at, at, your, at your work, at your school, what would Jesus do if he were there? Like, like how would Jesus talk to your spouse? Uh-oh. How, how would Jesus treat your coworkers? How would Jesus drive on I-95, Todd? That's what I'm asking. How would Jesus, what would he do if he were you? And think about it, that's really the goal. That question is the goal because we want to become more and more like Jesus, more of him living through us. And so several weeks back as we were preparing for this series, um, I was praying about this last week. And God, what is it that you want to say in relationship to what would Jesus do if he were you and me? If we were, G how would, what would that look like in our lives? And I thought, well, we could talk about forgiving people because, man, Jesus would tell you to forgive those people that have hurt and offended you. And if you don't learn how to forgive them, you're gonna carry around that hurt and offense so long and it's gonna start shaping your life into something that is not what God intended. We could talk about that. I started thinking that we could talk about serving other people because, man, Jesus served others and he would say, man, look for the least of these and go serve them, right? We, we could talk about uh, proclaiming the, the gospel because Jesus told everybody about God and his love and he would want you to tell everybody about God and his love. But as I was, that was actually where I was headed two weeks ago. 
And as I was praying about this weekend, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, no, Todd, that's, that's not what I want you to teach on. I know you plan to go there, but that's not where I want you to go. And so I'm like, okay, where are we going? And last week, he brought me back to where we were in uh, John chapter 15 when Julie read about Jesus saying that, that I am the vine and you all are the branches. And if you remain in me and stay connected to me, I will shape your life. You will have life. You will produce life in your life. And, and, and I went back and read that verse. And, and that verse continues on in verse 18. And this is where I want to focus today. He goes on to say, right after he says that, he says, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as your own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. This is why the world hates you. Remember the words I've spoken to you, no servant or mathites, is greater than his master or teacher. So in this passage of John 15, not only is Jesus addressing our relationship with him, vine and branches, our relationship with each other as the branches growing together in this new family tree, but he's also defining our relationship with the world. He says multiple times, you are not in the, of the world. You do not belong to the world. The world is not your home. I've actually called you out of the world. And then, if you read on, in the same evening, a few chapters later, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane on the day that he's going to be betrayed and taken to the cross. And he's praying to the Father, and these are the words he prays in John 17. I have given them your word. And he's praying about us, his followers. And the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Get the connection there. My prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one while they're in the world. They are not of the world, he says again, even as the same way that I am not of the world. So sanctify them. Sanctify them by, by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, now I have sent them, I've, he's sending you into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be sanctified. That word sanctified simply means set apart. Set apart from the world. It says Jesus was set apart from the world so that you could be set apart from the world. So that you could be in the world, but not of the world. So that you could be sent into the world on the same mission that Jesus was sent into the world for, but not of the world. So repeatedly, he's saying here, if we're his followers, we are not to be of this world in the exact same way that Jesus was not of this world. Let that sit in for a minute. He, he's not just saying, do your best to not be influenced by the world. Hang in there. He's saying, no, you are sanctified, set apart in the same way. You are not to have anything to do with the world or the ways of the world. Okay, one more verse, and then we'll unpack what this has to do with being shaped into the image of Jesus. 1 John chapter 2, 15, and this is where I've been living this week. Do not love the world or anything that's in the world. If anyone loves the world, Love for the Father is not in them. So now we should be, we should all be feeling convicted. Just saying, just, just, so if you're feeling it, I'm there with you, right? For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life come not from the Father, but from the world. Let me just unpack lust of the, lust of the flesh uh, is a ravenous desire for anything that your flesh wants. It could be sex, 
It could be control, it could be power, it could be alcohol, it could be food, it could be something that you're just like, I, got my, I gotta have that. Lust of the eyes would be you see something and you covet it. I want what they got. You saw the vacation they took on Instagram, you see the car they drive, you see that, I, I want that and I'm gonna get it no matter what. And then the pride of life is this anti-authoritarianism that just says, it's my life, nobody can tell me what to do. And you can recognize that all three of those things are alive and well in the world today. And so he says, don't let anything, all of that does not come from the Father. That spirit is not from God, it is from the world. And the world and its desires are gonna pass away, say it, live with me, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So in these passages, what do Jesus and John mean by the phrase, the world? Now, words can have multiple meanings, right? You can, uh, I can pick up a rock and that rock can be a stone rock or you can rock in a rocking chair or you can be like, hey, you rock, right? Can mean multiple things. A ring on a finger can be a ring on a finger. It can be a, a circle on the ground or it could be, give me a ring, right? I mean, multiple things. Well, in the Bible, the term world actually has multiple meanings, more than three, but three primarily, primary meanings. And the, and the word is cosmos, but even that word can be broken down multiple ways. It can mean um, the earth, as we read in Romans chapter one, that, that all of the earth, since the creation of the world, um, God's personality and God's demonstration has been on display. His eternal qualities is evident. So it can mean the earth, rocks and stones. It can also mean humanity, like in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That means humans. It doesn't mean God so loved rocks and trees that he gave his only son, right? So it means something different. But then in these passages, it actually means culture and worldliness and, and sin. So Jesus and John aren't telling us not to love humanity. They're not telling us not to appreciate the beauty of this earth, but they're saying, do not love the culture or the ways of this world or the values of this world. Why? Because we're not of this world. And just like Jesus did not align himself with the thinking of the world and the philosophy of the world and the values of the world, in the very same way, if we're gonna follow Jesus and be shaped into his image, we cannot allow ourselves to align up with the things or the values of this world, what the world says is right and what the world says is wrong. Now we see this all throughout scripture, not just in these verses, that we are, to, we are called to be in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world, right? So when Jesus says, I want them out of the world, doesn't mean you get to go live on a monastery somewhere or a deserted island and sit in a hammock without any people. No, we're in the world. We got jobs, you got kids in school, you got neighbors that drive you crazy. You're bombarded every day by the, the, by the philosophy and the desires of this world and the belief system of this world, the morality of this world. Or maybe I should say the lack of morality in this world. And Jesus says right there, in the middle of it all, don't let it get on you. Right there in the middle of it all, in the middle of the darkness, you shine as bright lights in the darkness, pointing people towards me. Don't, you are not of this world. One theologian defined the world biblically as, and I'm going you to, to get this, a system of ideas, of values, practices, and social norms, this is just what's normal. 
that are organized around the two sins of rebellion against God and the redefinition of good and evil. Leave that up for just a minute. So the system of ideas and values and norms that are around these two sins of rebellion against God and the redefinition of good and evil. And those two sins go all the way back to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve chose to eat the fruit and rebel against God. Think about it. First, it was a rebellion against God. God can't tell me what to do. I don't have to listen to God. I know better than God. And a redefinition of good and evil. Well, he said it was wrong, but it doesn't look bad. He, it sure looks good. It looks pleasing. Woo, that's what I want. It redefined, they were trying to redefine good and evil. And those two sins, listen to me, those two sins, rebellion against God, thinking that you know better than God, and a redefinition of what's right and wrong, those two sins are the two temptations that you and I have to wrestle every day in order to follow Jesus. Because the enemy is gonna be constantly trying to get you to think, you don't have to listen to God. You know better than God. Come on, God, you, you, you can do what you wanna do. You're your own person, you're your own man, your own woman, do your thing. That's always whispering in your ear. It's the voice of our culture, right? Or a redefinition of what's right and wrong. And oh, well, is that wrong? Is it really wrong? I know what the Bible says about sex, that sex is sacred and between a husband and wife and marriage, but come on, Todd, it's 2023. God can't mean I'm gonna do what I wanna do. I know the Bible says don't lie or cheat or steal, but man, I gotta get ahead. I gotta move ahead in this world. I gotta get what I want. And the world says, go for it. Do what you want. It's all good. Can I tell you, it's not all good. In fact, the prophet Isaiah in chapter five, verse 20 says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Watch out for those who call what is evil good and what is good evil. Uh, a modern day prophet, A.W. Tozer, put it this way. He said, the cause of all of our human miseries is the radical moral dislocation, meaning our morality has been disjointed and dislocated from the things of God and it's led to human miseries. And all you gotta do is take a minute and think about all the miseries in your life and you will see that it's tied back to this, we've stepped away from what God says is right and wrong, right? I mean, it's, it's all there. I mean, there was a time, there was a time when people agreed that God was the one that got to define what was just and what was good and what was right. But today we're being told that we find the answers to all those things inside of us. Whatever I think is right, whatever I think is good, that's the way it is, right? The customer's always right. The voter knows what's best. If it feels good, those are human mantras the mantras of humanism. And we've got to be on guard against it because we hear it over and over and over again. And if we're not careful, we'll start living like that's the truth. To the point that what used to be condemned is now celebrated. And what used to be celebrated is now condemned. And if you don't celebrate what everybody else tells you to celebrate, you're now condemned. And I want to tell you the way of the world is in direct opposition to the ways of God. The wisdom of the world, what the world says is this is smart, this is right, is in direct opposition to the ways of Jesus. All you gotta do is look at the teachings of Jesus. When the world says, you know, get what you want, do your thing, get yours, Jesus says, serve one another. If you wanna be the greatest, become the lowest. 
Turn the other cheek. Pray for those that persecute you. Bless them. Bless those that, that curse you. Those are the words of Jesus. Direct opposition of the ways of the world. Just look at the parables that Jesus taught. Jesus would teach parables or stories in the Bible to help you and me understand this kingdom of God that we get to belong to. And yet all those parables were in direct opposition to the kingdom of this world. Parables like the Good Samaritan, the unmerciful servant, the prodigal son, all of them painting a radically different picture of a radical different way of living. This is what it means to follow Jesus. What would Jesus do? That. Woe, Isaiah said, to those who call evil good and good evil, and yet it's happening every day in our culture. The world is constantly trying to tell us what, is, what was right is wrong and what was wrong is now, now right, and they're parading it in the streets and trying to get all of us to go along with it. But it's not right. It's not what God says. Jesus said, if you're my follower, you're not gonna follow the ways of the world. You're not gonna follow what the world says is right. You're not gonna think like the world. You're gonna align yourself with my truth. So even though the world may try to redefine sexuality, even though the world may try to, whether this comes to sexuality or abortion or gender identity, whatever the world is over here saying, oh, this is the way that is right, if we're a follower of Jesus, we have to go back to what God says is right. What, what does God say is right? Very simple put. Now listen, listen, we love everybody. At Christ Fellowship, we love everybody. And we all got something, right? You know what I'm saying? And we're not bashing anybody. But our somebody, Jesus, has already told us what is right and what is wrong. And so we're just lovingly falling in step with what the word of God says. Now here's part of the problem. Romans 12, 2, Paul says this, don't copy the behaviors and patterns or customs of this world, but let God transform you. So don't do what everybody else is doing. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? What? Think. Y'all awake this morning? Change the way you think. Then you will learn, because you don't know right yet. You don't know. I don't know. But if I change, if I let God change the way I think, I will learn to know God's will for you that is both good and, and pleasing and perfect. What Paul's saying in this verse is the only way we don't copy the patterns of this world is by letting God change the way we think. And the only way we change the way, let him change the way we think is we gotta know what he thinks. Because if you don't know the truth, you'll believe a lie every time. But when you get into this word, this word unlocks the, the secrets and the mysteries and the, and the truth of God. The, the problem is um, too many Christians have what I call Home Depot faith. DIY faith. Do-it-yourself faith. We take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. We take a little bit of the scripture that we like. Oh, about serving the poor. Oh, going over and helping the hurricane victims. Praise the Lord. Helping the widows and the orphans. That's a good one. You know, I want to be nice and kind. That's, that, that's nice. But, but some of these other things were like, oh, I don't, God doesn't expect me not to sleep with my boyfriend or girlfriend, Todd. Come on, it's 2023. Does God really expect me not to go out and get wasted on Friday nights? It's been a rough week. Does God really expect me not to look at porn? Everybody else is, is doing it. I mean, come on, is that really what? And we just buy into what the world is selling. Well, this is what I learned in sex ed class. This is what they said is normal. This is what they said you can do. You can just try and do whatever you want. No, we, we take a little bit from the Bible, a little bit from the word and a little bit from the world. We, we add in our own personal preferences. 
a little bit of anti-authoritarianism. Nobody tell me what to do. And a little bit of consumerism. What's in it for me? And all of a sudden, our faith doesn't look anything like Jesus. Don't be of this world, he says. You wanna follow me? Don't be of this world. See, our temptation is not Jesus or the world. Our temptation is Jesus and the world. Very few of us are gonna completely walk away from God and give Jesus the finger and turn our back on him. That's probably not what we're gonna do. But every day we're gonna be tempted to, to try to add a little bit of the world into our walk with God. Having just enough of faith to feel good about our spirituality and you know, hopefully make it into heaven, but just enough of the world that we're not uncomfortable and we can get what we want and do what we want and we feel good about what we want. It's like when I, we go out to dinner and at the end of dinner, um, I ask Julie if she wants dessert. Not because I want dessert, but I wanna see if she wants dessert. Because if she wants dessert, well then I'm there to serve her. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, I'm wanting somebody else to condone what I'm doing is okay and if it's okay, then I get to eat the dessert too. Instead of just going, what does God say? about dessert <laughs> or about anything. What does God say, right? We gotta be careful. We can't have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. A little bit of Game of Thrones and a little bit of a Bible study on the throne room of heaven. A little bit of clubbing on Friday night and a little bit of Jesus and Pastor Todd on Sunday morning. I put my left foot in, I put my right foot out. I do the hokey pokey and I shake it all about. Come on, your faith is not the hokey pokey. You gotta, be, you gotta be all in with what Jesus wants to do so you can find the life that Jesus has for you. The problem is, when you take things from this world and you add it in to what, what God's trying to make in your life, you, you mess up. It's just, a, it's just a little bit, just, it's not much. It's just, a, right? Messes up what God's trying to do. It, it actually causes a lot more work. I'm not gonna put my hands in there. A lot more work that Graham now has to do to get this all cleaned up and back to where it is, but we just gotta avoid putting this in our life, amen? Our life falls apart. We pay for it in the end. Romans 6, 23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin, it doesn't say the wages for sin, it says the wages of sin. God doesn't pay you for your sin. Sin pays you for your sin. Galatians chapter six says, whoever sows to please their flesh from what? The flesh will reap destruction. It doesn't say that from God, you're not gonna reap destruction from God. No, it comes from the flesh, it comes from sin. God doesn't pay you back for sin. Sin pays you back for sin every stinking time. I heard one preacher say, sin isn't bad because it's forbidden. It's forbidden because it's bad. It's not forbidden, it's forbidden because it's bad for you. It's what God wants for you. See, God loves you and he's the author of life and he knows best how you and I get to live life. And God was fully human in Jesus, so he knows everything that you're walking through. This, this Bible is, is not a law book, a bunch of do's and don'ts. This is a love letter from the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of, of you, of your life, of your body, of your mind, of your sexuality, who knows you better than you know yourself. So everything that's in here, God's ways are so that you find life that is abundant and full, full of purpose and full of peace and full of joy. It's so that you walk in that. That's what God wants you to, to walk in. So Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the way. Come, 
come follow me and my path, my, my way is gonna lead you to life if you stay on this path with, with me. And by the way, he said in Matthew, it's a straight way. It's a narrow path. When we dot that path, it leads to life. And he says, he, he, he contrasts that to a broad path, a broad way that everybody's on. Just do your own thing, right? Go with the flow. Can I tell you, when you go with the flow, you never end up where you wanna go. In fact, he goes on to say that that way leads to destruction. It's like this compounding effect of sin in our life that just picks up over time. It's like the snowball going down the hill. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. The compounding effect. And so Jesus says, I don't want you to live that way. Come follow me and I'll show you what true life is all about. One last verse and then we're gonna spend some time praying together. And this verse in Luke is a passage of scripture that since I was a teenager, my dad would preach on this often. And I try to keep this verse in front of my heart and mind all the time. It's one of my repeated life verses I go back to. Luke 9, 23. These are the words of Jesus. We're talking about following Jesus. And he says, if any one of you wants to be my follower, my matites, my disciple, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. Because if you try to hang on to your life, you're gonna lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. So in this passage, we see first it's a choice. If anybody wants to be my follower, you can. But you've gotta make the choice to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Nobody can decide that for you. You can't just be raised in a Christian home and that's the decision. No, you have to personally make the decision that I'm gonna follow Jesus. If anyone wants to come, you gotta give up your own way, your own way of thinking, your own way of living. And you've gotta say, I'm gonna go the way of Jesus. You're gonna take up your cross daily. And in the Bible time, a cross was not a piece of jewelry that people wore or something they hung on their wall as a decor in their house or put on a bumper sticker on their car. It was a symbol of death and destruction. And so what Jesus is saying, you have to put your own self-will on the cross daily. Like what you want, what you wanna do, you gotta to die to that every day. Like you're just gonna say, Lord, I'm surrendered to you every day. And then the last part says that when you do this, if you hang on to your life, you lose it. But man, if you do this, that's when you find life. It's only found in the way of Jesus. So what would Jesus do if he were you? I believe he would keep himself from being influenced and tainted by the philosophy and thinking of this world. He would separate himself from it while being completely in it. Not in a holier than thou, I'm better than you, get back sinner kind of way. It wouldn't have been that way, but in a, I've decided to follow Jesus kind of way and I'm, I'm, I'm following him. So I've got a challenge for us as we wrap up this series. It's actually three words that I want you to think about this week. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, I would encourage you to come back next week with a notepad and something to take notes on because God is speaking to you right now. He's showing you something right now and you don't wanna forget what God is trying to say to you. And I promise to you, you'll probably forget in a couple hours if you don't write it down, right? I don't care if you remember what Todd says, I want you to remember what God says, all right? Three words, pray, obey, and stay. Okay, let me unpack these three. Pray, obey, and stay. First, pray. I want you to pray today and we're gonna take a moment in the service in just a second to ask the Holy Spirit, where have I adopted the thinking and the mindset of this world? In what places have I been colonized by this world? 
because Jesus says you're not of this world. This world is not your home. You're just a pilgrim passing through, but where have we adopted? Where have you started? You know more about what your favorite Instagram person or sport athlete thinks about something more than what God thinks about it. And those thoughts and those patterns have influenced what you think is right and wrong. What are those areas? Pray. Second word is obey. Now we don't like that word in our 2023 individualistic, we don't like it anywhere, obey. Don't make me obey, I don't wanna obey. But if you are gonna be a follower of Jesus, then that means he is the authority in your life. And so you are making the decision, Lord Jesus, I'm gonna obey what you say. I'm gonna obey what you said. And so that influences how I spend my time, it influences what I do with my life, it influences what I think is right and wrong, it's how I spend my money. Everything is gonna be influenced by you. I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna obey. The third word is about stay. And this goes back to where Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches, remain in me, stay in me. And that's where you're gonna find life. Can I tell you, some environments are just more conducive to growth than other environments. If you take a seed and plant it in good soil out in Belle Glade, Hale Belle Glade, it's gonna grow, something's gonna grow. If you put it in sandy soil by the beach, it's not gonna grow. Where you're planted, what you're connected to is gonna influence if you're gonna grow. So I wanna make sure that you're, in a, you're gonna stay on the wheel, you're gonna let God shape you, you're gonna stay in the word, let his thinking transform your thinking. I wanna challenge you to stay in a group. Stay in a, we got classes and groups starting up these next couple weeks. If you've not signed up for one, after this message, go outside to the lobby, say, hey, I wanna sign up. Those online say, I wanna get in a group or a Bible study. You've gotta put yourself in a place where you can actually be fruitful in your life and become who God wants you to be. Stay close to Jesus. And let me just say, this isn't about a whole bunch of uh, do's and don'ts. This is about a relationship with God. Out in the um, Australian outback, there's cattle ranches that are thousands of acres. And if you were to go there, there are no fences around any of the farms. It's too big. They can't put fences to keep all the cattle in. So instead of building fences, they build watering holes. And the cows never wander very far from the watering hole. So it is with the way of Jesus and the word of God. This word is not a fence to try to contain you. It's actually a watering hole to keep you close to God and the source of living water so that your life can flourish, so your marriage can flourish, so that everything about your life can grow and become and be shaped into what God wants to make it to be. So we're gonna pray a couple prayers. First is gonna be a moment of silent prayer where you get to ask the Holy Spirit that question. Lord, where have I adopted some of the thinking of this world? And then I'm gonna pray a prayer for us. And the second prayer I'm gonna pray are for those of you that need to get your life right with Jesus. You know it's not where it needs to be and today's the day to get that right. And then I've asked the teams to come and make one final declaration of song over us that we're gonna to declare together as we wrap up this series. Church, Julie and I love you so much and we are believing that this is gonna be a season where God shapes you and makes you into more than you could ever think, hope, or imagine. Let's pray together. Moment of silence, right, we start. Just ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that you have adopted from the world and it's thinking? You don't maybe even become numb to it. You watch it on Netflix all the time and you just kind of got desensitized to the sexuality and the promiscuity of this world or the values of this world and just confess that to God.
So Jesus, today we remind ourselves that we are not of this world. And so therefore we will not love the world nor the things of this world. And those places where we have uh, aligned ourselves, maybe even unbeknowingly aligned ourselves to the pattern of this world, we ask for your forgiveness and that you would bring revelation to each and every one of us to see the truth from the lie that the enemy and the world's trying to force on us and help us to walk in your ways. I pray a way of love, a way of grace, a way of life. I pray it in Jesus' name as we continue to pray with every head bowed. If you're here today and you say, Todd, um, I need to ask Jesus into my life today. I need to get my life right with him. My relationship is not where it needs to be, but I want it to be. I'm gonna pray this second prayer. And if that's you and you say, Todd, include me in this prayer, right where you are, would you just raise a hand up at all of our locations, even online, raise your hand up high. Yeah, let me see. You're just saying, I want everything that Jesus has for me today. And we're gonna pray this prayer together. Pray this after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life forgive me of all my sin make me a new person from the inside out and Jesus I will follow you the best I know how the rest of my life in Jesus name I pray amen and amen. Come on, let's thank God for those today that made this decision. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.